This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. Do it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show this evening, phone calls and emails is how you do that. And here's your info. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at BBQCentralShow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQCentralShow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it's the second Tuesday of the month. And that, of course, brings a visit from the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website ever, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. We continue our ongoing barbecue science with Meathead segments, as we have been doing the last, I believe this will be three months. We took last month off. Well, Meathead didn't. Meathead was standing by and ready. I took the show off last month on the second Tuesday. So we recover this month. And we will be talking about The Rock. And I'm not talking about crack cocaine. I'm talking about something way more important than that, if you can believe it. Salt and how it relates to barbecue, how it relates to grilling, what it does, the effects it has. Things that it can do, things that it can't do. We are going to talk a lot about salt, believe it or not. It's very important to what we're doing. It's added into everything. It's a flavor enhancer, a flavor magnifier, if you will. So anything you wanted to ever know about salt, make sure you tune in in about 10 minutes from now. And we will start talking about that. Then for Meathead, typically he takes the two interview segments in the first hour. But there has been a passing of a barbecue legend at the end of last week. Bill Arnold from Blues Hog, the original creator, founder of Blues Hog Barbecue Sauce and Seasonings, passed away. A long-documented battle with brain cancer, which finally won out, unfortunately. Not to say anything of Bill's constitution to fight brain cancer, of all things. Uh, but fell short last week, and I wanted to have somebody on to talk about Bill, do a little bit of eulogizing and remembering, and perhaps for those that are new to the show, 
new to live fire, new to barbecue specifically, and competition, to introduce you to Bill Arnold in a way that maybe you won't get anywhere else and talk about the history of Blues Hog and how it was founded by the current owner of Blues Hog, Tim Shear from Shake and Bake Barbecue, also the owner of Gateway Drum Smokers. And Tim has a unique perspective on all of this, obviously. Friends with Bill Arnold for years, is a competition guy, a very successful competition cook at that, so has used Blues Hog. We'll talk about how the whole acquisition of Blues Hog came about and how he intends to keep Bill's legacy alive within the brand itself. So Tim Shear will be joining me 35 past the first hour, and we'll be remembering Bill Arnold from Blues Hog. Then we'll move to the second hour, and we have a first-time guest. Continue to 2021 might as well be the most first-time guest we have ever had in a Barbecue Central show year. This could be the year that has spawned the most first-time guests. I know a lot of you folks out there are creative. You want to bring products to market. Maybe you don't have deep pockets like a lot of these other huge businesses do. And even if you're a huge business and you listen to the show and you don't want to use your own funds, you don't want to sell off some stocks, you don't want to go to the bank, what's really popular and has been for a number of years, crowdfunding. How the hell do you go about crowdfunding and make it successful? Well, you might want to listen to my 14 past the second hour guest as we welcome in first timer to the show Will Ford from Launch Boom Can you imagine a company that will help you get the video the product doing all this stuff well in advance of day 1 launch so much so that the vast majority of the campaigns that Launch Boom has been taking on fully funded after the first day can anybody say that outside of partnering with LaunchBoom? Sure, there might be times here and there when a company might strike gold or it's a flash in the pan, whatever analogy you want to use. But LaunchBoom is doing it in a way that nobody else is doing it, specific to the market. So you're going to want to take a listen, no doubt, especially if you're thinking about crowdfunding as a way to get your idea or your dream into the actual production line and then in the hands of the end user will ford coming up at 10 14 10 35 and rounding out the show or coming out of the bullpen as we say ted conrad from fireboard longtime sponsor of this show and we have a new product announcement this evening which is what we love to do here on the show so if you're a fan of fireboard 2 or fireboard 2 drive or the fireboard 2 pro what we're going to be announcing tonight is going to be something that I believe can work in conjunction with that, but is also a great standalone product and a very versatile standalone product in that. So there you go. Meathead, Tim Shear in the first hour, Will Ford, Ted Conrad in the second hour. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, at BBQ Central Show. Live video feeds over on Facebook and Twitch, slash BBQ Central Show. Also on YouTube, slash RD Rempe. And of course, we are live on Clubhouse as well. Well, uh, almost live on Clubhouse as well. I should probably uh, start that room right now, and I've gone ahead and done that just now. So I apologize for anybody that was thinking I wasn't going to do that. We're all set and ready to rock and roll on the Clubhouse end of things as well. So if you are ready to rock and roll, I am here. Before we get to Meathead, 
Let me get into some listener feedback. Pete in Vermont is writing in. Of course, everybody knows Pete in Vermont. Greg, last week when you were talking with Sam the Cooking Guy about the quote-unquote apology you gave him for using the term station in life incorrectly... You made an error. You said conscience when you most likely meant to say conscious. Just wanted to help you out as to avoid this type of incident in the future. Love the show. Regards, Pete. You know, Pete. You are 100% correct. I went back and listened to it after you wrote this email. I did incorrectly. I meant to say subconscious. I said subconscious. I'm wrong. Pete, please find it within yourself to forgive me and my errors of the English language as I have now butchered it, what, three times in as many weeks? For 15 years of doing this show, I have had a terrific run of butchering the English language the last three weeks. And it's listeners like you, Pete, that really make sure that I know what kind of a non-professional orator I am when I say things like subconscious when I meant to say subconscious. But thank you, Pete. Thank you very much for writing in and letting me know that. Fred in Arizona writing in. Greg checked out the second hour on Saturday. Is it me or did Brad from getting basted kind of blow off the Jack Daniels win when you asked him about it? Yes, he did say it was a great win. But when you asked him if it was his biggest, he certainly didn't say yes right off the bat. I found that to be interesting to say the least. Love the show. Regards, Fred. Thank you for writing in, Fred. And Corey from Ohio weighing in. Greg, I am totally blown away as I listen to Mark Williams talk about a skinless turkey recipe during the segment Tuesday night. To be honest, I never thought about doing that. And then he said he cooked it like he would his ribs. I have never thought about doing something like that. This, had it not been for your show, I'm going to give it a shot this year. I'm going to subscribe to Mark's YouTube channel ASAP. I didn't even know he had one. Thank you for the best barbecue show out there. Regards, Corey. Corey, thank you for writing in. I, too, was a little amazed that he took all the skin off the turkey and then cooked turkey like ribs. He said it. Go back and listen to the first segment last week with Mark Williams filling in for Malcolm Reed. Always enjoy reading your feedback, especially you, Pete. I consciously did that. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Yukon Glory. And their grill and serve set an absolute revolution when it comes to the landscape of grilling baskets. Because two things I've always hated about grilling baskets. I have to wear some kind of heat-resistant glove to take those things off the cooker because they're really hot. Number two, it gets grease and oil all over my table or counter or wherever I put it to set it down and serve. Being someone who's known as a clean freak, it's not really something I can get with. So what's a live fire cook to do? Enter a great product from Yukon Glory called the Grill and Serve Set. 
It's a patented design that fixes everything. The set includes three stainless steel grill baskets, which are moved by a clip-on handle that seamlessly grips the interior of the basket for easy lifting and dropping. The set also has a large, custom-fitted stainless steel serving tray to catch any drips and allow for a beautiful table presentation. But perhaps in my case, and more importantly, gives you a clean table when everybody's done eating. Thank you, Yukon Glory. Now, what should you cook in these things? Glad you asked. Perfect for things like veggies, seafood, wings, tacos, meats of all types. If you can think it, the grill and serve set can cook it. As far as where to buy, if you're an uh, if you're an online person or big box retailer, Amazon, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, Target, I recommend going to yukonglory.com, their main website. And while you're there checking out, use promo code Ten Central, all one word. And you get the 10% off the entire order every time you go. As we broach into the holidays here, you can go to yukonglory.com tomorrow. Use code 10Central, save 10%. Then you can go later next week. Use promo code 10Central, save 10% off that time each and every time. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook as well at yukonglory. And as you check out on the website, 10Central, 10Central, get you 10% off your order each and every time over at yukonglory.com. We are back with Meathead right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control devices, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans, and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier, visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Mm. That's right. I knew I had it somewhere. A lot of different pages. Hey, it's the second Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means. A visit from none other than pal of the show and the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Hey, Meathead. Hey, Greg, and hello, Centralite. It's good to be back. Meathead, pull that microphone up to you. Don't sit away from that. Come on. You know how we do it here. Get uncomfortable. Love it. We want to hear the the proximity effect that that microphone gives you. That's right. Always Uh, eat the mic. So we're happy to have you. My apologies for last month, Meathead, as I uh, unceremoniously took a Tuesday off, which I rarely do. But very busy times and desperate measures hey, and know, all these other things, you know. You got you're you're a grown man. You got a big family, you know. Um, uh, I am looking forward to hearing the fireboard uh, announcement tonight. I I know what you're going to announce, and yes. anybody who's listening out there, you want to listen to this. This is going to be good, no doubt about it. Meathead from Amazing. And I got an announcement too. Do you I want? Are we going to do too. it right now? 
Well, no, they, 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 you don't know about this one. Well, should I give? I is, this, is this what you would call breaking news? Breaking news. A barbecue central show exclusive news update. Greg Rampy reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> the city that breaks the most live fire breaking news whenever it's breaking across the country, nay, the globe. And we go to the windy city of Chicago for Meathead. <laughs> I love you. Um, we are losing at AmazingRibs.com our stalwart long-term editor, David Joachim, a guy who really knows a lot about cooking. He's not a household name in the barbecue world, but he's co-authored with a lot of chefs, mm-hmm. 20-some cookbooks or so, and he's taking a job with a faux meat startup. They threw a lot of money at him, so I couldn't match it, and I'm going to lose him. But the good news is is we have a replacement for him. Oh? Somebody. Yep, yep. You ready? Odell Beckham Jr. Great. Well, uh, make sure you keep some money in escrow because when you have to offer him a buyout because he's become disenfranchised with the franchise, then you have some money to let him go to the next. He's a free agent that we gobbled him up. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Did, did the Bears sign him today? No. Oh. <laughs> I hope not. Oh. We'll see what happens there. But, I mean, what can I, but we did look- we did we did lose David and I I, I think we are, we will we will soon have an announcement I think it's a pretty cool announcement but uh, not Odell Beckham. All right, so Meathead, we have been for the last couple months doing barbecue science with Meathead. We've talked yeah. about the stall and uh, we talked about something else that's escaping me right off the the what was the second topic that we talked about? It's the hell out of me. Oh, but I, before we before we dive in, I, you know, I listen to you and I listen to the ramp up. Let's talk about skinless turkey. All right. I mean, all right. Half the fun of turkey is the skin. In fact, the meat Agreed. itself. Yes. The meat itself is really bland and boring. And you can put all the seasoning you want on the surface. And we'll get into this when we talk about salt. It ain't going in. It's just sitting on the surface. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to take the skin off. Now, okay, smoke will be nice flavor and everything. But if you... It's just not that much fat. I mean, worrying about what you eat will kill you faster than anything you eat, folks. Um, Once a year, you can eat the skin on the turkey and enjoy the turkey. Good God, most of us eat cardboard turkeys on Thanksgiving. Just enjoy the skin. If you do it right, it's crunchy, it's flavorful. Um, You know, I I mean, I, I don't mean to disrespect the gentleman who had the great idea of doing skinless turkey. I did skinless chicken for years because I thought it was going to give me a heart attack, and I finally snapped out of it. Uh, that skin is good stuff. Well, go back and listen to Mark Williams' segment. He sat in place of Malcolm Reed. Mark works with Malcolm Reed over at How to Barbecue Riot. He's a very accomplished competition cook. And I will say, in Mark's defense, I believe his mother-in-law was the one that challenged him to do something like this. So mm. he took all of the skin off. Actually... He has a YouTube video of it, and he did take quite a bit of iconoclast stuff from the comments saying, what are you doing? That's the best part of the turkey. I gave him a little bit when he was on, and certainly he agreed. He likes chicken skin or uh, turkey skin as well, but said the end product was actually very good. So I go back I'm and take sure. a look. Well, go if back. you don't overcook it, you well, can, I mean, the one, of the, one of the secrets is, is get the darn bird off the uh, smoker or out of the oven at 155 to 160. USDA says 165. 
you don't want to monkey too much with poultry. Poultry is rife with salmonella. Um, 90% of it has salmonella. Uh, but still, if you get it off 155 to 160, um, the quantity of salmonella possible remaining is just negligible. And it's going to go up by carryover cooking to 160 or so. You're going to be safe. And that, just that little five degrees makes a huge difference. <laughs> All right, Meathead, so let's get into the topic this evening, which is salt, the magic rock. And yeah. uh, we know how much you love salt. We also know how mm. much you would prefer not to have salt in certain instances or in certain things, depending on what you're doing. So let's start with salt. Salt. I, I do love to call it the magic rock. First of all, salt is not evil. Salt is absolutely essential. Um, there are many elements uh, that are, are essential to life that our body can actually produce, but it cannot produce salt. We have to consume salt, and it is necessary for our nervous system to function. The electricity that runs through our nervous system needs salt um, to, uh, uh, to be ionized and to run the electric, the, your brain, your nervous system, all of your bodily fluids, your tears, your saliva, your blood, semen, it's all salty. Um, you have to consume salt. So people who think salt is evil and try to avoid it um, I could make a mistake. In fact, you can actually get very sick if you don't get enough salt in your diet. Now, we, we do have pretty good evidence that too much salt is dangerous, but there's even some research that is starting to question that. So you need salt. Salt is like, you know, turning the dial up to 11. Um, it, 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 it amplifies flavor. It, 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 it doesn't alter it, too. I mean, garlic and sugar and all these other things that we add to our foods will increase flavor, but they alter the flavor. Salt doesn't really alter the flavor. It just amplifies it. Um, it, it also helps protein hold on to moisture. Uh, it denatures the protein, affects the structure of protein, and helps the protein hold on to moisture. And salt is the one thing on your spice rack that can penetrate deep into the meat. Nothing else can. Salt, sodium and chloride, two little atoms, sodium and chloride, they get wet when they get on the surface of meat. Remember, meat's about 75% water. And when they get on the surface of the meat, they get wet, and they get electrically charged. And they can migrate deep into the meat, but nothing else can. So if you're going to take your turkey and you're going to stick it in a beer cooler and fill it with um, apple cider and dump a bunch of salt and garlic and black pepper and all that other stuff in there, the salt will penetrate, but nothing else will. You've wasted a ton of money and all the hassle of trying to keep it cold and keep it safe. Waste of effort. Um, if you want garlic and black pepper and sugar and all that stuff on your turkey, sprinkle it on the surface. That's what rubs are for. They won't penetrate. And if you don't believe me, take a turkey breast, go to your spice rack, put everything on your spice rack on the outside of this turkey breast, leave it sit there overnight, cook that turkey, and then slice it in half and take a core sample out of the center. You won't taste any of those spices all you'll taste is turkey because it just can't penetrate. These molecules are too large. Sugar is like 23 atoms. 
That, I mean, that's your basic sugar is 23 atoms. Garlic, all these things, they're huge. They can get into the little tiny cracks and crevices of, on the surface. If you look at the surface of meat with a microscope, it may look smooth, but it's not. With a microscope, you'll see it's got little pores and cracks and crevices. And so those herbs and spices can wedge themselves in there, but they really can't go more than a 16th of an inch, maybe at most an eighth of an inch. And that's with overnight. They're just not going to penetrate, but salt can't. That's why it's the magic rock. Salt can get down in there. And when it gets down in there, it messes with the proteins, helps it hold on to uh, more moisture. So you're going to end up with more moist food. And then it amplifies flavor. So you want to use salt. The key is, is not to use too much. And when people, when your doctors and others tell you to go easy on the salt, the best thing you can do is just don't eat fast food. Um, the content of the McNuggets and all the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the fried chicken dishes and stuff in the fast food, they're just hugely loaded with salt. Even hot dogs. Oh, God, I love my hot dogs. They're just loaded with salt. Um, if you apply the salt yourself, you're not going to overdose. You're not going to give yourself a heart attack or high blood pressure. You'll, you'll, and, and, and the rule of thumb that we recommend is a half a teaspoon of Morton kosher salt. Now, here's another key factor. And Greg, stop me if we're running into your commercial blank because you, you see you push the button and I'm wound up and I'm going. Um, uh, <laughs> when you see a recipe that says, use a quarter teaspoon of salt, run. Because not all salt is the same. Regular table salt is twice as salty as Morton kosher salt. Um, it can uh, The size of the grain could, it alters the amount of sodium that you're going to get. The larger, th think of a filling a garbage can with basketballs or tennis balls. Mm -hmm. um, the big basketballs, there's a lot more air in that garbage can in between the basketballs. You throw tennis balls or marbles in there, there's less air. So the same thing with table salt. It's a small grain. Um, Morton kosher salt is a larger grain. And one of the reasons we like it is it doesn't have many additives and it's easy to pinch it at all the recipes on our website are Morton kosher salt. Now, if you see a recipe that just says kosher salt, run, because there are basically two kosher salts. There's more, but there are two common ones, Morton's and Diamond Crystal, and they're different grain sizes. So the salinity is different. We specify and all good recipes recipes written by a real pro who really understands cooking and understands food will tell you not just how much salt but what kind of salt to add to the recipe if you run into a recipe that is not specifying which kosher salt you say run but let's assume you don't want to run what should you do guess yeah, i don't know write an write an email to the author and ask him or go with a, a, a smaller quantity you can i mean you can always add salt you can't take it away there's just no way to get rid of it what about the it's argument heavy. of uh go by weight instead of you know a, a cup of this or a half a cup of that go by weight well, instead you know things like flour um going by weight is crucial because you don't know how much air is mixed into that flour. And so a quarter of a cup or a half a cup or a cup of flour can have a lot more on my measuring cup than your measuring cup because how much air is in there. And that depends on how it's sifted and how long it's been sitting on the shelf. 
with small quantities of salt. You're usually measuring in teaspoons and tablespoons, and salt is heavier. Yes, I, in the best of all possible worlds, we would go by weights on those things, but it's impractical. And although I thought we were shocked, our Pitmaster Club members, we did a survey of our Pitmaster Club members, and something like 80% of them had kitchen scales. And that blew me away. I know when we launched AmazingRibs.com, nobody had digital thermometers. And we just preached it and preached it and preached it and preached it. My wife, who worked for FDA, came back to me one day and said, you know, you have sold more digital thermometers than the USDA and FDA combined. And, of course, we don't actually sell any. We don't, have, we don't sell any products like that. But we recommend them and we have a, a, a database that, if you're shopping for a digital thermometer, we have a, a database that we, where we've tested a whole bunch of them, and you can find out which ones rank. But salt, just find out what kind of salt. Go easy on it, but you and you're not going to poison yourself. Um, now, there's another really important thing about salt, all the different kinds of salt. You, you, you've heard of pink salt. Pink salt, just plain pink salt, is the salt that's used for curing. So if you're going to make bacon or um, ham, or corned beef, you use something called pink salt that has a preservative added to it that will help cure it, and it turns the meat slightly pink. It is very different than Himalayan pink salt. Hmm. It, Himalayan pink salt is pink from minerals, not from the preservative, and it actually comes from um, Pakistan, uh, not the Himalayas. But... Um, uh, and pink salt is nice. All these different flavored salts, you know, you got black salt, you got purple salt, you got, they get those colors from minerals that are in the water. So um, um, uh, you, you've got this black salt that comes from Hawaii. And uh, um, it, so these are minerals that turn it black. You know, it, it, you can taste them if you taste them just naked side by side on the table. But when you put them on a turkey or a steak or something, it's really hard to taste them. And the other one is this is and this is the biggest scam on the market today mm -hmm. is sea salt. All salt came from the sea. All salt is sea salt. And in fact, USDA and FDA have no regulation for the labeling of sea salt. If you manufacture a product and you put salt in it, you can call it sea salt, hmm. no matter where you got it. What, what about so the Malden's salt from England? Ah, the real, the, I love Malden, and I use it yeah, at tableside. Malden and uh, many of the, of the so-called sea salts, basically what you're talking about is large grains. Malden salt is kind of a large, flaky grain. It's like those salts that you find on pretzels, um, only the, they're, 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 they're more clumpy, and, but Malden is more flaky. And, I mean, man, if, if you want to put salt on a steak at the table, a Malden sea salt is the way to go because it really gives you pops. It really gives you a flavor of salt. They are, the manufacturing process is, is they take the seawater, and put it in pans, and they let it dry out. Now, sometimes they may apply some heat, but generally it's just air-dried. So you get salt from the ocean air-dried. 
included in there come all the minerals that may be in the water off the coast of Normandy or wherever they're, they're getting their salt. And also in there will be the fish poop and the, um, the, 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 the um, seal poop and whatever else is in there. I mean, it's not processed. So it's not pure. A lot of people think sea salt is some sort of pure. It's it, it's contaminated. Um, I mean, go ahead, eat that eat that fish poop. Need uh, <laughs> anything else um, on salt before we uh, close it up? We have a minute and a half. Oh, good God, Greg! Um, I was going to talk about brining and dry brining and briner aids. Uh, uh, watch when you're doing your turkey this year. Check the label. Make sure it's if it says it's enhanced. That's a high likelihood that it has had salt added to it already. And if you want to brine it or dry brine it, you could be susceptible to double salt jeopardy. Mm. You're going to be doubling up on salt. You could end up with a bird that's too salty. If it's enhanced or if it's koshered, it has had salt added, and you should not use more. Remember, you can always throw some extra on at the table, but you can't take it away. And remember, don't overcook the turkey for crying out loud. Oh, God, yes. Thermometer, thermometer, thermometer. We'll actually be having a little thermometer talk here as we close the show. In the meantime, please do this. Go to AmazingRibs.com, the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth, where you can get all these recipes and these tips and tricks so you don't screw up your turkey, and you can learn more about salt and all this other stuff. Go ahead, Meathead. you got a couple and, seconds. And... And, and, and just last week, we finally introduced, after long pain, and we can talk about it next month, our rubs and our uh, and our sauce. We have three rubs and Fine. one sauce. They are available on AmazingRibs.com, and they're pretty darn good. We worked really hard. I'm really proud of them. We will discuss that in depth as we had been tracking pretty much from startup to where we're oh, at today God, here yeah. as we're getting ready to close out 2021. So as we close out the year in December, we'll talk about it. At length, well, maybe we'll pick up a little extra salt tips and we'll go to the next topic from there. Meathead, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all your listeners. You too, Meathead. There he is right there from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead. And we certainly enjoy that conversation, of course. If you have any more salt questions or you're looking for more salt information, AmazingRibs.com, your barbecue and grilling resource. Also, join the Pitmasters Club. Why not? 24 bucks, 25 bucks, whatever it is for the year. Access to all sorts of additional information you don't get on the free side. So we'll catch up with Meathead again next month. I believe Tim Shear is in the green room. Tim, accept my invite to come on stage. Up at the top, I think it says, uh, accept invite to speak or something like that. Just come up there and we'll be ready to rock and roll here shortly. I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. Yoder Smokers designs and builds all of their products right here in the States. And building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service, that's the backbone of how they've built that company. The approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family. Honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America from pellet grills to wood-fired offsets and charcoal cookers. Consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit, and the team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that is rooted in their handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values. 
American-made quality and endless flavor are the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit Yodersmokers.com for more information. That's Yodersmokers.com. All right, we are back with Tim Shear of Blues Hog and Gateway Drum Smokers and Pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information to look at other products as well, or you can purchase cookingpellets.com cb and the gang over there in wisconsin doing cooking pellet type things my next guest is one of the top pit masters on the kcbs circuit finishing 133rd uh this year in team of the year points owns gateway drum smokers and blues hog brand and as many of us know bill arnold the creator the original owner of blues hog passed away last week from a lengthy battle with brain cancer, as I had referenced in the open of the show. Here to talk about Bill, what Blues Hog has meant to the barbecue industry, and what his relationship with Bill meant to him as the pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue. Friend of this show, Tim Shear, joining me. Hey, Tim. Hey, Greg. How are you, buddy? I am okay, and I hope you're doing well. I appreciate you jumping on here with me this evening to do the segment. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people making their way through this process of losing Bill last week, and you are one of the closest ones to him for sure. As you have been forced into looking back at your relationship together, what are those first things that come to mind when you think about Bill? <laughs> uh, this laughter comes to my mind, you know what I mean? It's, it's uh, Bill was one of the guys that when he walked in any room, he, he lit it up and he was instantly friends with everybody there. So, um, you know, just happiness and, and joyful and positivity and, um, you know, just an amazing, amazing um, character, really. I mean, just a, a class act and, and so much fun to be around. I, my, my biggest things when I think about being around with Bill is my face always hurts from laughing so much. So, um, you know, it's been a tough week and we're certainly, you know, sad as can be to lose him. I mean, um, you know, he's gone too soon for sure. When was the first time you met him? Uh, I'll never forget the first time I met him. Uh, like most people, I was in um, in the at Columbia Roots and Blues Barbecue Contest, Columbia, Missouri. Um, Bill was cooking down the street from me, and and it was one of our first you know competitions. And um, you know, I'm just cruising along down the street, and here he is. And of course, he strikes up a conversation, and I sit there and talk to him until probably two a.m. You know, and um, never forget it. I mean, I was just blown away with the, with him and and the stories he was telling me and. You know, he just literally, you know, we hit it off and act like we knew each other forever, just like you did with everybody. You know, it was it was outrageous. It was cool. Tim Shear joining me here on the show. Uh, Tim, Bill was on the list of nine finalists for this year's Barbecue Hall of Fame. And certainly there were many folks who thinks he should have already been inducted in years ago. Were you surprised that he didn't make it in this year after being on the same list last year prior? 
Oh, absolutely surprised. Um, you know, I mean, um, if anybody's a Hall of Famer, Bill is. I mean, there's no question about it. And, um, you know, he would have loved to have that honor. But, you know, in typical Bill fashion, that's not why he why he did things. You know what I mean? He didn't do things for the money. He didn't do things for the recognition. He did things because he loved it. And, and he loved uh, making other people happy with, with his creations. And that's, you know, that's what he was all about. So, you know, Hall of Fame or not, I mean, it's it, it really doesn't matter to him at the end of the day. People know what he was about and what he did. You know, the Hall of Fame hasn't really come to any type of prominence except over the last handful of years as the American Royal kind of uh, took it over from that weird online presence that it had when it was initially born. In private conversations, did Bill ever express to you interest in getting in or, or feeling like he should have been in there, or is that just not his style? Um, you know, he was worried about it uh, last season more than when he was this, and, and he talked about it, and I you know, kept him updated on the – you know, on making the finals and everything. He was excited about that. And, um, you know, this year we didn't really, can, you know, worry about concerning him with it. I mean, you know, his health was declining and, and um, you know, we just wanted to keep it positive. And, um, you know, I just focus on what he could control. Bill obviously had a well-documented battle with brain cancer for those uh, of us that knew him and knew what he was struggling with over these last years. Uh, I had him on the show way back in 2011. He was still battling it back then. So for those who didn't have the chance to meet him or get him to know or get to know him the same way that you were able to, or perhaps they know Blues Hog the brand, but not the history. Can you tell us a little bit about the genesis of the sauce and how it came to be this juggernaut as we know it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Bill's a longtime character. You know, Hillbilly from Jackson, Tennessee is where he grew up. And, um, you know, he, in his early days, he had, he had um, you know, some restaurants and cafes, um, little bars, you know, that he was involved in down there. And obviously, you know, cooked barbecue at him. And, and um, you know, he moved up to Perry, Missouri and um, took an engineering job up there. And, you know, that's where he really started um, making the barbecue sauce and, and, you know, he started it out of this, out of his kitchen and, and stirring up each pot. And, you know, he was a single father at the time of three daughters and, you know, they would help him and, and, um, you know, he just bottled it up and would load up his, his pickup truck and drive to Kansas city and, you know, St. Louis and stop everywhere in between and, and drop off jars of sauce. And that's how he started it. You know, he just literally, you know, from the ground up and, and, um, you know, and he he made it made friends as he did it, obviously. And you know, he loved to talk to people and and share his love and passion of barbecue. And 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 people loved his sauce and and his story and his family. And um, you know, it's just a it's just a great story. You know, and unfortunately, he you know he got brain cancer. And uh, I think he was in St. Louis at the time when he had his first uh, you know major grand mal seizure. And uh, you know, at a barbecue contest, of course. And um, you know, got rushed to the hospital and, and then, um, you know, underwent brain surgery at a, at a tumor in his brain about the size of a, of a lemon, I believe. And, um, you know, had that removed at least once, um, he had two or three of the open, open brain surgeries and, you know, the, the guy was just so tough and had so many, um, you know, he just beat everything. And that's kind of what we're used to Bill doing. And, and, uh, you know, unfortunately it's just, it was just too much for him. Tim, can you imagine, I mean, you've been around competition barbecue for years. You've been one of the top cooks on the KCBS circuit for years or just top barbecue cooks, you know, for the last five, 10 years. Can you imagine 
doing something like Bill did all the way back when he was trying to get Blues Hog to Mark. Can you imagine bringing sauces to all barbecue competitions and hoping that it would catch on? I mean, that is unique in its own right. It is unique. Um, I mean, can I imagine it? Yes, I can. I mean, I've, you know, I mean, Bill and I were alike in a lot of ways. We like to work hard. Um, we like to play hard and we like to, um, you know, we, we like to spread our love for what we do and, um, I can imagine it, but you know, the way Bill did it and, and as hard as he worked at it, you know, with all his obstacles in between, um, it's just absolutely, you know, mind boggling that he did it and pulled it off and, and that he carried the brand to where it was and, and won as many uh, awards and, you know, just brought it up to the level that it was at. And, and, you know, I'll never forget when he called me and said, Tim, I want you to buy the company. And, and I was just like, you gotta be kidding. You know what I mean? Of course I'll do it, you know? And, um, you know, it's just an extreme honor when I, you know, I didn't think he was serious at first, obviously, because he's so funny about everything, but, um, but no, we, you know, I, it's one of my uh, best memories, you know, bringing Bill around to, you know, different sauce, uh, co-packers and he and I would, you know, go in and taste and sample and make sure the quality was right. And, um, you know, I just learned to learned a ton from him. Now I can't imagine that part of the whole process. Uh, I mean, certainly I was going to ask you about how the old uh, acquisition came about, but you fill us in nicely there. Uh, so we don't need to go back over that. But as you guys are, are going to co-packers to figure out if they're going to be able to hit the blues hog recipe, as you had mentioned five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, this is, a sauce that's born out of the kitchen. I mean, you know as well as anybody, and I make my own sauce as well. It's going to be pretty hard to take my sauce mm-hmm. somewhere and have something returned back to me that's going to be balls on, <laughs> let alone a legendary sauce, taking that yeah. now to a co-packer and trying to get the returns. Was that quite a process? It was It was the most stressful process of my life, Greg. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> you know, so here I am, you know, responsible for the best sauce on the planet. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, you talk about pressure. Um, you know, we went through probably a hundred samples, you know, of different things and, and several different co-packers. And, um, you know, we, we fought our battles to get it to, to get it, uh, to get it right. And, uh, Bill helped me all the way through it. And, you know, it's one of those things that it was, uh, like I said, it was the most stressful thing I've ever done, but, you know, I wanted to do it for Bill and for the brand. Uh, Tim Shear joining us here from Shake and Bake, talking about Bill Arnold and the history of Blues Hog. Tim, anyone in competition knows Shake and Bake and the force the team has been on the KCBS circuit over the years. You also make and sell Gateway Drum Smokers, another force on the barbecue circuit. But perhaps the, the biggest single force on the competition circuit over the years slash decades has obviously been Blues Hog barbecue sauce. <laughs> In your words, how do you explain the staying power of the sauce and what elements does it contain that enables it to dominate the sector for so long? Yeah, I mean, you know, my thing, like, usually when, when you know, the sauce is very unique, right? And and usually when something's that unique, people either love it or hate it. But, you know, there's something about the Blues Hog flavor that, you know, is balanced and and full, you know, I was called full flavor. I mean, it's just, everything's maxed out and, and, but yet it still goes together. And that's kind of the, you know, the beauty of it, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, we've seen other sauces come and go and get popular for, uh, you know, um, a couple months or a year or whatever. And, and blues hog just seems to stay on. And, 
you know, and I think that's, you know, just due to the quality and the, you know, the talent that Bill had, you know what I mean? He's, he's, you know, he said it one time to me, you know, he says, you know, he's, he can think of a flavor in his head and, and create it, you know, and that's how he did it. But, um, you know, he's done it over time and time again. I mean, literally, you know, the latest uh, raspberry chipotle sauce that he made was written down on a, on a, you know, piece of notebook paper with raspberry juice spilled all over it. And, um, you know, and that was another one that took us a while to, to, you know, create on a, on a bigger scale. And, um, but, you know, it's just a mind blowing, you know, flavor that, you know, and I still love it today when I see people try it, their, their eyes light up and they, they freak out, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, it's one of those things where the first time you taste blues hog, you'll never forget it and it'll change your life. So my favorite blues hog combo is 50, 50 original and red. And if I had to pick a favorite between all of the sauces, the Tennessee red is right up my alley. I've always been more of a vinegar, vinegar slash thin sauce kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, it's like I could drink it out of the uh, out of the, the cork <laughs> jar that it comes in, yeah. or you know wherever I'm buying it. But what's your favorite way to use? Well, I, I definitely love Tennessee Red too, and and it all goes back to the story of of where Bill grew up in Jackson. There, if you go to any little hole in the wall barbecue joint um, near Jackson, Tennessee, you'll have that thin red vinegar sauce on a on a pork sandwich, and it's just you know it's it, that's that's what he grew up on, and that's what. Um, you know, it's kind of his trademark sauce too. I think even, you know, even maybe more so than the, than the original, you know, the original is more the Kansas city style, the competition style, but with the Tennessee red is definitely his, his hometown sauce. So, um, love that sauce for sure. Tim, as you are now and, and have been the owner of blues hog barbecue sauce, I'm sure lots of stuff will remain the same, but is there any, special feeling at this point obviously given the events that happened here recently that either you feel a little bit more onus uh or responsibility of of carrying on not only the blues hog legacy but obviously the legacy that bill arnold worked so hard to leave (laughs) you're killing me craig (laughs) Uh. Yeah, it'd be tough, you know, it'd be tough to carry to live up to Billy and never will, but, you know, it's one of those things that, God dang it. you know, he chose me to carry on the company and that's what I told him I would do. You know, Tim, I think it's, it's great that you were so willing to take it on. I mean, as somebody who has seen the success that you've had and you know, all the people that are the people in the industry, you're in business and you know what it's all about. Uh, Even outside of the barbecue business, you're in business as well. So to see the opportunity there, but I think the overriding thing that I'm getting from this conversation and the conversations that we've had in the past is you realize the importance of what this particular company meant to the industry that, you love being a part of that you love giving back to. So being able to, to take on ownership of blues hog is something that you weren't going to turn down, not even for half a second. So I really appreciate the time you're giving me here this evening. And I know you're fighting through it, which I certainly appreciate as well. So uh, the, the insight and the stories are fabulous. And I think this is something that, you know, folks that aren't familiar with, with bill or you and how you're going to be, 
taking Blues Hog into the future needed to hear, and, and I really appreciate it tonight, Tim. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, Brad. One thing we want to do, and I just you know want to put it out there, we definitely want to do a uh, contest in, in Bill's memory and, and create a scholarship uh, foundation for him as well. So there'll be more to come on that next summer. All right. When you're ready to chat it up and promote it, just let me know. We'll have you back on, pal. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right. There he is. Have a good night. Tim Shearer from Shake and Bake and obviously the owner of Gateway Drum Smokers and Blues Hog Barbecue Sauce. I mean, that's as real as it gets. Uh, you know, Tim is uh, a man's man and is a father of, I think Tim has three daughters like I have too, but you can hear what Bill meant to him and the pride that he's taking in continuing to keep Blues Hog alive and popular and uh, perhaps more importantly, growing it outside of the competition realm. More and more, I'm seeing it available just everywhere. So it's not just folks like us who have a unusual passion for the live fire portion. Just the everyday Tom, Dick, and Harry can enjoy it, experience it, and then use it the way they want to. So we thank Tim Shearer for doing that. Uh, he is Shake and Bakes, pitmaster, owner of Gateway Drum Smokers, gatewaydrumsmokers.com, blueshog.com, and, of course, thebbqleague.com, one of the co-founders over there. All right, before we wrap the first hour, I will talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they are fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring high-temperature grilling for steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire and a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grill and their game-changing oval design. This shape gives you the ability to execute the two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really, when you break it down, there are more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo cooker, so you are only limited by your culinary imagination. Recent upgrades. The lift hinge, yes. The air dampers, top and bottom, yes. The release of the Primo grill rotisserie accessory, yes. And believe it or not, folks, I just heard from Nick Bauer the other day. The new accessory is in. He's coming out next week. Next week? And we're going to be talking all about it, so stay tuned for that. I believe that will be the Primo Grill Pizza accessory. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz, yes. Patented technology, uh, yes. True two-zone cooking capabilities, uh-huh. multiple sizes, yes and yes. If you just have to have a round one, they have those two. But really, how about the oval for Pete's sake? Change it up. Live a little. Be the talk of the town. Be the king of the castle. King in the castle. King in the castle. Get an oval one. Primogrill.com is the website. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Primo Grills. And we're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. We thank Tim Shear once again from Gateway Drum Smokers and BluesHog.com, the BBQLeague.com, Shake and Bake Barbecue for talking about his time with Bill Arnold and the genesis of Blues Hog, how the sauce has grown and what he's looking to do with it in the future. And look, as many of you are giving me instant feedback, uh, also through the emails here and some text messages, Tim fighting it. And for obvious reason, I mean, as Daddy Dutch is saying, Tim obviously has a great amount of admiration for Bill, uh, admiration for Bill. And there's obviously a brotherhood and a friendship there as well. So it's fresh. And I just appreciate Tim making time tonight. He knew as we were talking this afternoon that this was going to be tough. And I appreciate him working through it and giving us those stories and anecdotes on his time with Bill and what kind of a person Bill was and how the sauce was born. I know a lot of folks out there these days that would run barbecue competitions making homemade sauce just to get the grassroots out there. That's something that you don't see happen a lot, if at all, anymore. And Bill was out there doing it back in the day. And everybody knows Blue's Hog Sauce. Everybody knows. Especially those of us in the live fire industry. It is the sauce. There are plenty of other sauces that are really good out there right now. That if you pay attention to where the flavor profile is, it's Blue's Hog, but under a different name. There are so many like flavor characteristics of sauce B compared to blues hog. It's just blues hog, but under a different name pretty much. So I thank Tim again for doing that. If you haven't had any yet, blueshog.com, the website, go check it out. Definitely grab the original. Definitely grab the Tennessee red. They also have the raspberry chipotle, I believe you said. There's a mustard-based sauce. There's a competition-based sauce in there. Get them all. Try them out. I mean, they're so good. All right. uh, This portion of the show is brought to you by Fireboard, which we will talk to Ted Conrad here at the end of the show. Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, your luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. That's Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro. And we have a new product announcement coming up at 35 past the second hour. Here we go. We're getting ready to launch the second hour. Plenty to talk about at the top. And two really good interviews locked for you as well. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. 